0: Humans, humans, humans! Welcome to the Sydney Hollis Show. Early as you can hear, this is Friday, February seventeenth. I'm recording it on February sixteenth. How the heck are you doing? We're going to talk some Super Bowl playing surface. That's right. It's still a topic because something, something happened. You know, something went on. This, this isn't acceptable, and there must be an explanation. And well, we're going to keep investigating, humans. We're going to check in with the listener line. Uh, there was a contest that came and went regarding some Oxford shirts. So we'll check in on that. And humans, I was doing some deep thinking the other day and I came a cup came across a couple of songs with piano in them. Is that how I say piano now? Piano. I think I used to say piano. Piano. Now I say piano. Whatever. I came across a couple of songs with piano in them and I couldn't help but thinking that they have some similarities. Maybe they should be played all three in a row. We'll talk about it. So settle in. Kick back. It is President's Day weekend. Are you skiing? Are you skiing? Are you in somewhere tropical? Those seem to be the things, right? You either go skiing or you go somewhere warm. Or are you staying put? Let me know. (laughs) Let me know. Listen to the line at sydneyhollishow.com. All right, humans, let's get down to it. The NFL playing surface. Of course, we were all stunned and let down to know to find out that the game was not played on Tifway 419, but was played on Tahoma 31. Of course, we all saw the game. The players slipping and sliding around. Listener Dan. Dan in New York. Submitted an email to the listener line. The title of the email says, Catcher in the Rye Grass. And it's a link. It's a link to an article on the journal, in, on, the record.com The article is titled, Oklahoma State University, OSU for short. OSU. Don't blame Tahoma 31 for Super Bowl slips. The article is written by Katherine McNutt and it goes on to suggest that the powers that be at Oklahoma State that developed Tahoma 31. This is a quote from the article. Uh, say that it wasn't it wasn't the Tahoma 31's fault in a statement They say Tahoma 31 was used for the base layer, but the field also was seeded with a top layer of ryegrass, which has slick leaf surfaces when damp. That and other factors may have contributed to traction issues during play. Interesting, humans. So people overseeded it. That's what I've been reading. I've read several articles, several blogs. It was overseeded with ryegrass, which, when damp, is slick. But why did this happen? Why did this happen? Why would you do that? Sure. Those of us grass heads know rye can be beautiful and green, especially this time of year. I know we got some winter rye heads in the listenership here in the human sphere. But why would this happen? Again, we need to follow the money. And this investigation is far from over, humans. But I went on to read some other things, including Forbes. And the Forbes article breaks down some stuff that many of you humans already know, that the NFL spent $800,000 on this field. Of course, we know that the field originally had Tifway 419. And they ripped that out and added this Tahoma 31 and overseeded ryegrass. Now a couple other things that came upon humans: the Sod Father, the guy who's done the fields for for literally every single Super Bowl, who's worked on the fields for every single Super Bowl. This is his last Super Bowl. This was his last Super Bowl. Just interesting. He happens to be a Chiefs fan, also interesting. Now, I've read some Philly-leaning things that are kind of accusatory of this guy. I I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Both teams had to play on that field. But that doesn't doesn't still mean I smell something fishy. That doesn't still mean I don't want to follow the money. Well, humans, in my research, I've come across a website called LVsportsbiz.com, Las Vegas' premier news site covering the convergence of sports, business, stadiums, and politics. This is an article by Ellen Snell. It's titled, Monday Morning Sodfather, God of Sod, George Thomas says slippery Super Bowl 57 field in Glendale, Arizona, could have used more sand after turf absorbed pounding from halftime show rehearsals during week. That's a long title for an article, humans, but that's the title. Now, what I find interesting about this article, it says that the field was brought inside. Of course, we know. We've already discussed this on the show, but if you're new to the show or you don't remember, you didn't hear that episode. At State Farm Stadium, the field is on a track. The grass field is on a track and it can go into the stadium and it can go out of the stadium so that the grass can get sunlight, be cared for, whatever the heck. This article says the grass, the field, was brought inside on Wednesday and there it stayed. It didn't go back out for any more sunlight. Now, This article says a little more sand could have gone on it to help it drain. It suggests that it could have gotten damp with the practicing and being inside. And there's people that are suggesting that it also didn't get a chance to drive. It didn't go outside any between Wednesday and Sunday. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, what a mess. Perhaps quite literally the world's biggest stage The field was brought inside and not back and forth an $800,000 piece of grass? overseeded with rye? Rye that's slippery when it's damp? And they didn't bring the field back out to dry in the sunlight in the Arizona desert? It's mind-blowing, humans. I don't think we've heard the last of this. I'm glad that certain websites like LV sports biz.com exists and are willing to ask the tough questions. And I'm glad we've been on it since before day one, Monday morning, Sunday night. That was a lot of people's day one on this. No way. We were talking about this playing surface weeks ago when we thought it would be Tifway 419, which would have done better as we all know. Anyway, Dan, thank you for sending this in humans. It's because of sleuths like you that the show does go on. Listen to line at Sidney dot com. And here's the thing, humans. This is all new information to me. I'm still wrapping my head around it. So maybe I'm just throwing the information out there. And maybe one of you is able to connect all the dots together. This is a group project. You know, I'm digging through <laughs> weird sports websites. We've got listeners sending things in. It may take another listener to say, hey, hey! I put all this on my bulletin board and I attached yarn to different pushpins and I figured it out. That person that figures it out could be you, humans. We're just giving you tidbits that are existing here in the show, here in the hideaway. You might be the one to solve the case. You might be the one to add to the, to the case. Listener line at sydneyhollishow.com. Now, speaking of the listener line, I was very fired up about the shirt brand, Charles Terwitt. Some people say Charles Territ. I was very fired up about the shirt brand, Charles Terwitt, a few weeks ago. I had ridden the subway that day, and I was very fired up about an ad I'd seen. I found the ad perplexing. I found it offensive. Now, Charles Terwitt? That's how I choose to pronounce it, but I have heard it's also Charles (laughs) Territ. Charles Terwitt. It's a shirt company. They make uh, classic button-down Oxfords that are, you know, that are great for business and weddings, I guess. I, I, I wear mine to job interviews and to weddings. I have two, I believe, possibly three. Charles Terwitt shirts. I buy the the non-iron, you know, the wrinkle not only wrinkle-free but just a the non-iron. I mean, they just look crisp all the time. They come with collar stays. You get it. Classic Oxford. Apparently, they're cheaper than buying Brooks Brothers. Um, I don't know. That's how I got turned on to him. A guy I knew had a nice, slick-looking shirt. I said, "Tell you about this shirt." He said, "Oh, you're gonna love it." La 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 la. Now, whether I like the shirt or not, it's beyond. Beyond what's going on right now, because I certainly hate their ad. So I'm on the train. This is a couple of weeks back. This is a recap for some of you humans. A couple of businessy looking guys, possibly finance type guys, finance quote unquote bros. And at the bottom of the ad, it's about these Oxford shirts. It says for the boardroom, bar, and beyond. And I was incensed because I've heard the phrase, you know, from the boardroom to the mailroom, you know, a good CEO who's a man of the people. He can get things done in the boardroom with other C-level executives. He can get things done in every department on down to the mailroom, which in a lot of places is in the basement. So it's very visual. From the boardroom to the mailroom, from the top floor to the subterranean. I know that phrase. I've never heard for the boardroom, bar, and beyond. And I broke it down. Humans, if you're curious, this was episode 130 that I'm talking about. But I broke it down, and I was just like, okay, I get it. The boardroom, fine. It's a business shirt. I get it. The bar, yes. People wear Oxford shirts. A lot of times, they'll tuck them into jeans, and they'll wear them to a bar where they kind of look casual, kind of look dressy. Or then you've got just the straight-up happy hour crowd. They go to the bar in the clothes they wore to work that day, okay. So I get that. I get the boardroom. I get the bar. What I don't get is beyond. Charles Truett, you tell me. What do you mean by beyond? What, do you, how are you changing? How are you reinventing the Oxford? What are you doing? How are you reimagining this in, in a way beyond? Beyond what? That's it. That's it. So humans, I issued a challenge. And I said, hey, tell me how you would take your Charles Terwitt shirts beyond. And I said, you know what? There's no prize for first, second, or third or anything like that. But you do get a SIDBUCK if you participate, if you submit. And the deadline was just before Groundhog Day. And forgive me, humans. I'm just now getting caught up with this. Of course, as you know, this is President's Day weekend. I'm one U.S. holiday behind. But we did have a submission. So let's check in with old Drew from Savannah who got this in on time. It's my fault for getting to it late. Let's check in and see how Drew would take his Charles Terwitt Oxford shirt
1: beyond. Hey, Drew and Savannah, just calling in to uh, tell you how, how I would take my Charles Turret shirt beyond. Uh, for the record, I've never heard of this shirt company. I have no idea how to say the last name of Charles. Um, But I still want to participate because it's just a button-down shirt, right? So what what would I do? Um, I'd put on my Charles turret shirt. I would go to a a bed, bath, and beyond. I would go to the basement level, and I would try to find a bathroom in the basement just as deep into the store as I could get. And... uh, that's how I would take it beyond. I'd go in there. Um, I'd use their facilities. And then uh, and then I would leave the deepest part of that store, um, having known uh, that I went beyond in my Charles turret shirt. Uh, pretty simple. Um, God, I hope I win. Thanks a lot, Sid. Keep it up. Bye. Well, Drew, you did win. You did win. You got
0: a Sid buck for participating. And you, you guess what? You won. You were the only submission. So you know what? I wasn't gonna declare a winner for this one, but you know what? Why not? Drew, you won. Now let's break it down. Because he's he's getting into the minds of Charles Terwitt and their their marketers, and he's saying, How does one how does one reimagine the Oxford? How does does one play with the form and function of the Oxford church? He says, listen, it's all in a name. You wear it, you go to bed, bath, and beyond. Now, he also talked about going subterranean. I mentioned how mailrooms are often below ground. He's like, listen, I go to the basement bathroom, and, uh, you know, I defecate in that shirt. And uh, I guess it's, it's a kind of, uh, I guess Drew's suggesting he's leaving his mark while wearing that shirt. He's going beyond. Hey, we'll take it. I mean, it's it's more explanation than Charles Truitt certainly offers us. That much I can say. And for all you Bed Bath & Beyond heads out there, I mean, Drew, thank you for bringing this up. Folks, go while you can. Get your jokes in while you can. The company's falling on hard times. Uh, which is a shame. Listen, I try to support mom and pops. You guys know that. Sometimes you can't. Sometimes it's tough. I try not to support Walmart. I haven't shopped at a Walmart willingly since 2001. You guys know this. We talked about it. I try not to support Amazon. Sometimes I do. Don't worry. I beat myself up about it. But when I do have to go to a big box, I try to go to one that's you know, not one of the big bad guys. So I'll go to Bed Bath & Beyond on occasion. There have been some years when I've done Christmas family shopping. You can get a crock pot for mom. You can get some other doodad for your siblings. You can get something. Else. You can get something for almost everyone there. Now it gets a little hectic. I don't know if it's going to survive. We'll see. If we're shopping at Bed Bath and Beyond next Black Friday, well, <laughs> things have somehow turned around for those guys. Okay, give Drew a Sidbuck. Cool, Thank you, Drew. So, humans. Of course, I played a little Rod Stewart there. That was uh, Drew's trophy for getting a Sidbuck. Brothers, corrode. Cool, Speaking of music, humans, the other night I was listening to some tunes. And Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks, of course, we all know him from his days rappelling around stages in the 90s. But he's one of those holdouts. He's one of those guys that says, "Uh, uh, 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 my music's not going to be on streaming. I'm popular enough. I'm popular enough. I'm stubborn enough. And I'm old school enough. that No, no, no. You're not streaming my music on one of these, you know, pay a flat monthly fee, Spotify type things. No freaking way. Now, that's just so you know that, human. So the other night I'm streaming some... Streaming some music on Spotify. And there's a couple of Garth Brooks impersonators out there that will like put songs on Spotify, you know, that are covers of Garth Brooks songs. And and some of them sound so much like them that to the trained ear, or at least my ear, I I struggle to notice a difference. Which is which is crazy and uncanny. And if someone did that to me, I'd be upset. You know, my cousin Kent is my voice twin. If he if he started doing the Sydney Hollis show, if he started doing covers of my podcast, I'd be upset. Anyway, I'm listening to Garth Brooks impersonators the other night, and I got to the song "The Dance." Now now Garth had some popular ones and if you got into nineties country at all, or if you got into countries in the early two into country in the early two thousands, they still played this song on the radio quite a bit. But it's it's dramatic a little bit, and it's got some piano. So I'm listening to this the other night. And I'm like, Dude, this piano it's it's giving me other vibes. It's taking me outside of country music. It's taking me somewhere else. And I was like, is this song, is it giving me Guns N' Roses, November Rain vibes? So I listened to November Rain. Then I listened to a Garth Brooks impersonator. Then I listened to November Rain, back to Garth Brooks impersonator. I finally decided, "Ah, there's something else here. There's another vibe I'm not, I'm not getting, or that I'm hearing, but I'm not finding. Is it Right Now by Van Halen? Is it Right Now by Van Halen? Do these three songs all have something in common? I mean, November Rain, Right Now by Van Halen, you could say that they're sort of famous rock anthems. November Rain's been around forever, very long song. Van Halen, right now. I mean, famously, the soundtrack to the Pepsi, the Crystal Pepsi ad. Nevertheless, humans, I start. I put all three in a playlist, and I listened to them one after the other. And I was like, "Does this? Am I watching a movie in my mind right now?" And unfortunately, with the way it's mixed, it they don't quite run into each other. But humans, let's just take a little sampling of the piano in each of these songs. And I don't know, see what you think. All right, here's a little November rain. You know, a little piano, a little emotion. Uh, Let's check in on the beginning of Garth Brooks' The Dance. No, not exactly the same, and, and and Guns N' Roses has a lot more uh, like some violins and stuff in there, not it's not just the lone piano. But I don't know, I'm catching similar vibes, I'm catching sim- similar vibes, and why don't we round it out with right now, Van Halen, 1990s. I mean something's cooking there. Well it's sure, Sid. It all sounds like piano. They're, they're using the same instrument. No. I'm getting some I'm getting some of the same feelings. I'm getting some of the same feelings. Especially with the Garth Brooks one and uh, Van Halen. But all three I'm getting something. So humans, what am I trying to say here? Well again, maybe this is like us uncovering what really happened. With the super bowl playing surface why did that rye grass end up there sometimes you know i'm i'm an investigator okay and i'm i'm briefing you guys and i'm saying these are the things we know and i'm tacking things up to a bulletin board or a clear wall and i'm writing things with a dry erase marker but I'm not really sure, you know. But I'm saying, humans, this is this is the mission. There's something cooking, and maybe it's one of you that comes along with a couple of pushpins and some yarn, and you connect the dots. Maybe it's one of you that grabs another dry erase marker and you weep, 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 weep. Wee. You draw everything together. I don't know. Perhaps you'll make a mashup this weekend of November Rain, the dance, and right now. Perhaps you'll make a short film where those three songs go into each other seamlessly and you come out with some kind of meaning. There's certainly certainly memorable songs by each group. Maybe you're going to go on a bike ride this weekend. Maybe you're going to have a GoPro on your head. Maybe your bike ride will sync up perfectly to these three songs in a row. Maybe you'll have to fade them in and out of each other to really have the piano kind of play off of each other. Because if you listen to all three in a row without any kind of blending, it doesn't quite there's something missing. Believe me, believe me, I've tried. <laughs> I stayed up very light very late listening to these three songs in a row, humans. And there's something missing unless you can actually give them a proper mix together and try to combine those piano parts. But I think I think It might work for something. Perhaps you're on a bike ride. Perhaps you're on a paddle. Maybe a run. I don't know. A short film. Maybe a round of Frisbee golf. Maybe this is the soundtrack to human home movies. Again, humans, I'm just taping stuff to the wall. So, humans, it is President's Day weekend. And like I said, people tend to go skiing or they want to go somewhere warm. I was talking with an acquaintance here in New York, and he told me he and his kids were dying to go down to Miami this weekend, but the prices were too high because everyone else is doing the same thing. And of course, I know from growing up that it's a big ski weekend. And humans, let me tell you a little, let me tell you an old Sid memory. I was very into my youth group, my church youth group growing up, humans. And uh, but part of that's just living in the South, you know. It was it was just very normal to be in a youth group. <laughs> I think here in New York it would sound strange, but it was very normal, very normal for my friends and I, family. Everyone seemed to be involved in their church youth group in Savannah where I grew up, and I'm sure our I'm sure ours was no exception. Either President's Day or Martin Luther King Day every year. And I think we were President's Day heads. We would do the annual ski trip. We'd load up two 15 passenger vans full of people from seventh grade on up to 12th grade. By then, by then, by 12th grade, most people weren't really coming around as much. Let's say seventh grade on up to 11th grade. And head from Savannah to Banner Elk, North Carolina, to Sugar Mountain. And there once a year we would ski on sheets of ice. Although a couple of years it did snow, real snow, and it was man, the sound of being on real snow when you're when you're used to being on ice, it's it's so quiet. And there was one particular year, I think it was the first year I'd ever gone skiing. So I think I was in seventh grade actually. The Olympics, the Winter Olympics, were on, so it was fantastic. Go skiing during the day, Winter Olympics back at the chalet, back at the on resort housing that we had. Winter Olympics right there on the screen, and then we rent we rented one year Aspen Extreme, a 1993 ski thriller, and there was guitar singing. We ate steaks. You know, the, the idea of a steak dinner for teenagers is a little a little silly. I think we would have been fine with hot dogs and hamburgers. But nevertheless, we had steaks. And we'd eat at a restaurant called Fuddruckers. That was a big to-do. We were going to stop at Fuddruckers on the way up, which we did. And it's one of those places where you order and you give them a name and then they call your name out on the loudspea- loudspeaker. And occasionally it'd be funny to tell them the wrong name. We would, No one would say anything perverse. It would just be like, instead of Sid, I would say my name was Fred. And we'd all die laughing when they called out for Fred. Interestingly enough, there's Fud Ruckers, which is where we went. But I've also heard of Fud Puckers. And the chains are like exactly the same from what I can tell, other than it's instead of Fud Ruckers, it's Fud Puckers. I, I don't get it. Humans, maybe you can shed a little light on that too. I know I'm tasking you with a lot. So that's, 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 that was President's Day off and on for me from middle school to high school. I didn't go on the ski trip every year, but some years I did. And some humans were present for some of that, humans. Humans. Anyway, humans, let us know what you did. Let us know if anyone's been to Banner Elk. North Carolina recently, to Sugar Mountain. Of course, there's the Competing Mountain. Also there in Banner Elk Beach Mountain. Anyway, humans, have a wonderful President's Day weekend. Peace and love. Peace and love.